Holly G with the Golf Insiders. And for today's segment of For Your Game, I have a very special guest, a longtime media pal of mine, fellow female golf reporter for Michigan Golfer and Golf 360 TV. It's a pleasure to have Phyllis Barone, the queen on the green, with us today. Hello, Phyllis. Hello, Holly G. So nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. So you just came back from the Solheim Cup in Toledo, Ohio at uh, the Inverness Golf Club. And sadly, the USA did not come out on top, but it certainly was a thrilling Solheim Cup in terms of the individual matches on the final day. Um, certainly that 15-13 European victory was much closer than the numbers indicate. Uh, fill my listeners in about just how exciting this event was. Oh, you know, Holly, um, you and I have had a couple conversations about this, and I, and I understand you kind of were there creating this thing 30 years ago, um, the Solheim Cup. And um, I just think everyone should attend it at least once um, because it really not only gives you a patriotic feel for the U.S., but it's just such a cool golf event because there's noise and music and people are chanting, you know, even when the players are teeing off. And I saw some of the play. players doing karaoke on the first tee. Yes, and, you know, they were even jamming and dancing. Bubba was out there dancing with uh, with everybody. Julie Inkster got the crowd going. She came out. I saw that. How, how, yeah. how is Bubba involved? I thought that was terrific. Well, you know, he kind of, they said he did whatever they needed, you know, to filling in divots, to, you know, taking care of players on the carts. And he was just always visible. And um, the interesting thing I found is that, you know, everybody – knows Bubba, it's, or people that are in the, you know, golf world. Off. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he, you could tell, like, some of the fans were like, hey, Bubba, you know, come over here. And he's like, not now. You know, he didn't want to make it about him. Yes. And he didn't, he just, he was all about engaging with the players, uh, the women players, and it was very obvious that, I mean, he was more visible sometimes, in my opinion, than Pat Hirsch, you know, our captain. <laughs> you know, Bubba was everywhere, you know. Right. So, um, so that was cool, and you know the former captains were there. You know, Meg Mallon, um, saw Nancy Lopez. Yep, Nancy Lopez was there. Um, we had the opportunity to interview her um, at the opening ceremony, which was held at the Promenade downtown. Toledo did a fantastic job of showcasing their city, um, and then you know, following the opening ceremony, they had a concert. Gwen Stefani um, was what? there for that. Yeah. So it was, I'm telling you, they, it was rocking and rolling. Friday was just an awesome opening ceremony. Of course, the Solheim family uh, members were there. And, um, you know, they introduced the team, you know, both teams. And um, we had even, we, when we interviewed Nancy, there was music in the background, and she and I were jamming and dancing, you know. And, um, it's, just, it's just such a fun, like, patriotic golf event. It's just one of the best. I mean, there's the Ryder Cup, and then there's the Solheim Cup. You know, it's just... Um, like I said, everybody has to go at least once. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the uh, Solheim family. For my listeners who might not know, they were the founders of Ping. And right. we, um, you know, so much attention gets paid to Karsten Solheim. 
Um, but, you know, because he designed the putters and uh, really was the face of Ping, you know, in those early years. But right. Louise Solheim, his wife, uh, she preferred to be behind the scenes, but she was very, very much his partner in building uh, that company. And um, inclu- including, she named Ping's iconic putter the answer. That was oh, that, that was Louise's, <laughs> Louise's mark early on in the company. Um, and then she also was the one that had this idea that, um, you know, the women should have the opportunity, similar opportunities that were available to men to play at the highest level of competition. And, uh, you know, for a number of years in the early days, and yes, I was at the LPGA at that time when we put the Solheim Cup together, but it was the Solheim family and Ping that bought the television coverage in those early days and put up millions of dollars to get this event going forward. Looking a little bit at her bio the other day, and, you know, not only was uh, she involved in the company, but, you know, when we say Solheim family, truly a very close-knit family. And, Phyllis, she passed away, I think it was a couple of years ago, but I, I learned she's got 14 grandchildren, 47 wow. great-grandchildren, and oh my gosh. 14 great-great-grandchildren. So I guess if you live, uh, you know, into your 90s, you know, you, you get the joy of, uh, of, of, you know, the extended family. And many of them, as you know, are involved in the business today. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They were there, and um, they, like I said, they acknowledged them, and um, they gave the closing ceremony you know speech at the, you know on the last day too so it's just so cool i think the whole concept of you know they had ping um a booth there where people could check out their clubs um they ping donated um, a bunch of hats because they had an area for um kids to go and check out and take a lesson oh wonderful um, and they had they were giving out hats after you took a lesson you know ping hats so they had they had a presence there for sure um and it just seems like they're always giving back to the game. Well, and, and, and um, you know, the, the matches on, on Saturday, or sorry, it was Sunday, because they played Saturday, Sunday, Monday with a Labor Day finish, which was, you know, terrific. Uh, right. Also to set itself apart from the Tour Championship. Although uh, another benefit for women's golf, Phyllis, would be that we're not always having to compete against these men's events um, right. But, you know, the, the calendar gets very, um, very compressed as we get towards the end of the season, we know. And uh, back to the matches, 16 of the 28 matches went all the way to the 18th hole. This was the closest Solheim Cup in terms of individual matches in the event's history. Uh, so that was pretty special. Yeah, and, you know, um, just rewinding a little bit, um, they – regarding, you know, the competition. I mean, they did have record crowds there. They had 130,000 people turn out, which is the highest number of attendance they've had in any Solheim Cup in the U.S. So that was pretty cool, you know. And um, also, you know, keep in mind, Europeans were not able to travel because of COVID. There could have been 200,000. 
Right, yeah, and um, the fans, it seemed like um, they still made noise. The Urals were there in full force. Um, you know, it, it, even though there weren't a lot of them, they were still heard. <laughs> I bet. And, you know, and even at the, you know, on the 18th um, green, you know, when um, Matilda there, she, you know, sealed that putt for the, you know, for them to retain the cup that made 14 points. They all just came in and just, I mean, it was like, you would think there was 100,000 of them, you know, but they just, they do make a lot of noise and they sing their songs and they just have so much spirit. It's really fun to watch. They have their own version of Ole, 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 Ole. Well, people were saying, can't you, can't you sing something else? Isn't there other words? I mean, it was hysterical. <laughs> well, if you're, you know, if you're a golf fan, um, you know, just witnessing either one of these team events, the song. Cup or the Ryder Cup, which we know is coming up at the end of the month. It really is unlike anything else we have in the sport. You've never been. I recommend to all my listeners that you you got to put that on your golf bucket list for sure. Oh, absolutely. And even there's a lot of people because we just kind of went around and chatted, and people that don't even play golf wanted to come and just see what it was all about. So. Um, it really is just like I said, it's a, it's a, a fun event, um, and it does expose you to what the players have to do <laughs> to keep the cup or win the cup. I mean, and these are great these ways. Are good, you know? Yeah, they're great ways to, like you were just mentioning, to expose non-golfers, whether you're a boy, a girl, a you know, a spouse, whatever, right? Like yep, this, this absolutely. is this is a really great way to to sort of catch the fever, if you will. Um, you were mentioning. Uh, meeting interaction, if you will, with Shirley Spork, who is one of only two of the original founders of the LPGA, still alive, Phyllis. What is she, 94? Yeah, 94. And, man, she had such a presence there. And she was decked out in, you know, red, white, and blue apparel uh, every day. And uh, we had the opportunity to interview her on Sunday. And, you know, Shirley just, she, like, there's no filter. She says it like it is. And she said, you know, I ran into um, Lexi Thompson in the elevator. They must be staying in the same hotel or whatever. And she said, you know, I asked her um, if she had a problem with her eyes, if she could see. Because everybody was kind of commenting that on Saturday, it was like, what is wrong with Lexi, man? She can't, you know, she's just not making her putts. And she said, you know, Lexi had the deer in her headlights look, and she, but surely, in all sincerity, said, you know, when I was playing, I had an issue with my eyes, and they determined I needed glasses, so I just wanted to mention that to her. <laughs> so I said, surely only you could get away with telling Lexi, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, that's that's priceless, and um, you know, so priceless, and, and she is priceless. I mean, she has so many stories and. You know, she played with a putter. That was her first club, and she wrote a book about, you know, from green to tea because she kind of went backwards. Oh, wow. I putter. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And so she bought her clubs at, you know, the Feynman Dime stores for like a dollar, and she um, actually bought her clubs. She used to find golf balls on the uh, Brookdale, of course, she lived on, and just raised money that way so she could go buy golf clubs. I mean, she's just... It's an amazing, she has so many stories. I could sit and listen to her for hours. She's really pretty cool. Well, that's that's awesome. Um, so you live in the great state of Michigan, the mitten, as everybody says <laughs> up there. Um, you know, we, we lost a very good friend. Uh, my former business partner, actually, Phyllis, when I was uh, my early days in golf, 
in the in the 90s, uh, Dave Richards, who was known as the the PR man of Michigan, really put Michigan on the map uh, in terms of golf destination. And when we worked together, uh, we created a campaign called Michigan's uh, America Summer Golf Capital, which they still use. And um, yeah. you know, sadly, we came together for his memorial uh, in July. You know, Michigan just such an amazing um, golf mecca, if you will. So many sure. great resorts and golf courses up in the, uh, you know, upper upper northern Michigan, uh, as well as so many great courses around Detroit. We got the chance to play Oakland Hills, yes, uh, we did. which has been the site of Ryder Cups and U.S. Opens. <laughs> and so tell my listeners, uh, fall is approaching. If uh, Floridians are looking for a place to get out of the heat because it's been hot, hot, hot this summer. Michigan right. is a great place to go visit in the fall for golf. Oh, absolutely, Holly. And I mean, it's, you can you know come here and visit for you know weeks and not get a, get all the fabulous courses in. But you know, one of my favorite places, of course, is Boyne, and they they have they call it Michigan's ten um, best courses. That you can just go there and play any type of course. You've got a hills course, you've got the Ross course, which has you know, a hole from all the different um, clubs around the country. Love Donald Ross. Love my Donald Ross. Yep. And um, they just have everything, you know, every type of accommodation, every type of course that you want to play, from an easy resort course to a more challenging, like the Hills or Bay Harbor. Then they have the Trackman. You can go take lessons. I mean, so Boeing, obviously there's golf and then there's Boeing golf. So that's one of my favorite places. Um and then, of course, I, this on Sunday, I'm leaving to go up to the UP. Um, that would be the UP. Upper Peninsula. Yes, and, you know, our good friend Kevin Frisch, who we were also partnered with at one point, um, he had uh, invited me to go play the Island Resort. They have, a, you know, a new golf course up there, Stage Run, which I haven't played. But that whole UP is just incredible. I mean, there's gray walls, there's Timberstone, um, and, like I said, we're going to play Stage Run. If my listeners um, are looking to say, hey, let's go play fall golf in Michigan, where's the best place for them to uh, to check out on the web? Well, like I said, um, I mean, they could go to the site, you know, Pure Michigan, because it lists all the golf courses there. But in terms of, you know, resort, if they want to visit northern Michigan, you know, like I said, there's Boyne. Um, there's Treetops. You know, they have also uh, several courses there. You know, the UP offers a whole different element because then you can go and explore all the other things. I'll go up to Mackinac Island. I mean, Michigan just has so many options that you really, you need to check them all out. On the site, Pure Michigan is probably the best way, you know, to see what's available. But if you're looking for a resort, you know, to go and hang out and stay at a resort and play several courses, like I said, Boeing. Um, nothing better than Boeing. Nothing better than Boeing. Uh, like I said, there's golf and there's Boeing golf. And like I said, Treetops um, also offers, you know, it's a resort-type environment that offers uh, a plethora of choices. So, um, and then there's not only golf, there's the spa, there's, you know, riding horses. I mean, it's just, you can do a lot. Of, you can hang out for a month, <laughs> not longer. One of my one of my favorite places, uh uh, including if uh, you enjoy boating, you can work a whole bunch of that into it too. Because uh, you oh, know, Lake, yeah, Lake Michigan's of one of one of the one of the most beautiful lakes in our country. 
Absolutely, absolutely. All right, my friends. All right, we're taking off. I know you got a busy day. Uh, we appreciate your time. Phyllis Barone, Queen of the Green with Michigan Golfer. Thanks so much for your time. All right, Holly G. We'll chat soon.